Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and each week I have the chance to go on 600 AM KGEZ with Anthony Knockreiner and his show, The Knock on Sports. Going to be talking about the Rams game, looking toward the upcoming game with the Browns, and we make our week six picks. Some of the things we'll talk about in the Browns preview, talking about how this will be Russell Wilson's first matchup in Cleveland as the Seahawks kick off at a 10 a.m. Pacific game. And is Jadevian Clowney poised for a big game against these Browns after seeing what the 49ers pass rush did against the Cleveland Browns offensive line? We'll talk about that. But first, a look at Wednesday's injury report. Dwayne Brown, DJ Fluker and Brandon Jackson did not participate on Wednesday. Dwayne Brown out with a biceps injury. Fluker out with a hamstring injury that sidelined him on the Thursday night game against the Rams. And Brandon Jackson has a neck injury. Ethan Posick listed as limited participation with a mid-back injury. Looking over to the Cleveland Browns side of the injury report, everybody participated in practice, but three players were limited. Tackle Kendall Lamb with a knee injury, Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, their two top corners, both with hamstring injuries. And Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Higgins, wide receivers, were both listed as full participation in practice. Beckham with a hip injury and Rashad Higgins with a knee. And with a look at that, let's get on to my chat with Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock On Sports. Welcome back to the Knock On Sports and joining me in studio to talk Seattle Seahawks football. And we're going to make our NFL picks a little later on. Here's my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, yet again, another win and a thrilling one at that. Over the Los Angeles Rams, Anthony. I couldn't be happier. It's It's been almost a week now, and I'm still riding high off of that victory against the Rams. I don't care how it happened in the end. I know you're going to point and say, oh, as soon, in fact, as soon as I walked in the door, it's like, oh, oh, you only won because of a Miss Greg Zerline field goal. No, there were plenty of other plays in that game, Anthony. It wasn't just the Miss field goal that gave the Seahawks the win. <laughs> yes, no, there knows, there's no doubt. Russell Wilson played out of his mind four touchdown throws. He had some big, uh, big throws uh, to get the Seahawks in that position. No question about it. Uh, Cause it was a back and forth affair, just like we thought it was going to be Jason Myers. He missed a field goal. Tedrick Thompson had an acrobatic interception that led to the C if the Seahawks, you know what? Seattle should have finished the game after the Tedrick Thompson play. And then none, nobody, no Seahawk fan would even be down in the dumps about the fact that Greg Zerline missed a field goal. That's and, and DK Metcalf had a chance to two point at a two point conversion in the back of the end zone and dropped it. There there were three different plays in the game that I can point to and say, you know, we aren't even talking about that Zerline field goal if, if any of those things happen. No, again, listen, I mean, it's a microcosm. And this is the thing. The Seattle Seahawks did a really nice job. The Rams are still a very good football team. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. Like I said, as we saw this past weekend, Tampa Bay scoring 55 points. That was more of an aberration than anything else. Uh, but again, I'm going to give a lot of credit to Seattle. But I will say this, and I want to take from that game, what is what is your looming question, looming concern with this football team after a game like that? Looming question for this team probably still is pass defense. Uh, you know, they just on the two minute drives for the Rams that that secondary for the Seahawks just allowed them to go up and down the field, whether it was the end of the first half or the end of the second half. That's probably my biggest concern after that game. I do have a lot of other concerns, whether it be, you know, the ability of the Seahawks offensive line to pass protect, uh, whether or not they can start generating a pass 
rush. Fortunately, there's some help coming with Jaron Reed coming off his suspension after the Browns game. So that some of those questions could be alleviated. But there's yeah, there, there's still some questions that I have about this team and going forward and if they'll be able to keep pace with teams like the Rams and the 49ers. Who impressed you the most out of this game, aside from Russell Wilson? Because we're going to talk to him, talk about him in a second. But outside of that, who was your MVP, if you will? Yeah, I, you know, Will Disley continues to impress me. Uh, the the catch and the concentration of him uh, just catching it kind of over his shoulder and and being able to guide it in, and the concentration of it kind of bouncing off his face mask, getting open for that 34, 38 yard catch down the field to set up the touchdown to Tyler Lockett. You know, a lot of people. People keep saying that, oh, Russell was just throwing it away in that situation. No, if you're thinking that you don't watch Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett enough, he was putting it in in a spot that only Tyler Lockett knew to go and get it. And that was just an incredible play. But but Will Disley, too, the, the, you know, the little shovel pass from uh, from Russell Wilson in the game and 88 yards for Disley in this game. He is proving to be the number two target apart from Tyler Lockett. Then let's talk about Russell Wilson. Four touchdowns. I mean, this guy right now, you look at the numbers, just impressive. Uh, 73% completion, uh, 1,400 yards passing, 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Quietly, once again, Russell Wilson getting overlooked here. But you have to put Russell Wilson, I know it's early, but in the MVP conversation. Oh, I think that game clearly put him in position for MVP now because it was on Thursday night. Everybody else got to see what Seahawks fans have been seeing and banging the table about year after year after year about all the different things that Russell Wilson could do. And after the game on the field goals podcast, Adam and I, we recap the game. And I said, my favorite play from Russell Wilson in this game was the one where he dropped back. He made whatever uh, pass rusher miss that got a free run at him and he he moved out of the way and then dropped a dime down the field. And uh, Adam said, you know, you could that could describe about 16 or 17 different plays in this game. And yeah, that, that was the one that worked the most for for the Seahawks. And it was thanks to Russell Wilson. He seems to make those plays, especially on Thursday night football, because how many times have we seen him, especially on Thursday night yeah. football, do that? Especially, I think, what was it last year against Arizona or maybe it was two years ago against Arizona that he had that just. Oh, right. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, the two pirouettes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, wow. You know, Russell Wilson continues to impress. But here's my question for you, Brandon. A lot of people are discussing it right now. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. I know Patty Mahomes is is putting up great numbers. He did kind of look not great against Detroit. Mm -hmm. He didn't look great against Indianapolis either. Um, I know he doesn't have his greatest weapons, but right now, who would you give it to? Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. I know there's, you know, obviously masking the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm a little bit biased on this one. But (laughs) uh, but at the same time, though, in in all retrospect, I just look at Russell Wilson – I think he's playing much better. I know Patrick Mahomes won it last year in the numbers he put up, but right now, Russell Wilson, I think, is playing better than Mahomes. There's two other people that I would put in the conversation with Russell Wilson, and it wouldn't be Patrick Mahomes. It would be Deshaun Watson of the Texans, and it would be Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers, keeping the Panthers alive mm-hmm. and you know just being the dominant force on, on that Carolina team without Cam Newton. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. But I give, of course, I give it to Russell. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> well, Russell Wilson is just so fun to watch. Um, let's also talk about this because I think, you know, again, this defense, we've talked about it a lot. We also talked about it just a little bit earlier, but I think the key for this defense, if they're going to have success this season, is they got to continue to get turnovers. And that Tedrick Thompson interception, I still can't believe he caught it. <laughs> Can, you that that? Was, Can you do that, Brandon? That, let's go outside. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was just an incredible catch. And it's something that we've been waiting for as Seahawks fans to show up in a game because we listen to the players and their press conferences after practice. And all of them talk about all these great ball skills that Tedrick Thompson has. And it's never shown up in the regular season. And and finally, here in a game, in a big moment, he just is able to and he didn't do a good enough job of selling it because if he gets up and runs that football he might he might score in that position mm. and the instead the refs blow it dead which you know you could point to that as a, as a potential mistake the referees have had a hard time uh with their with their whistles this year and allowing turnovers to play out but it was just an incredible play. And, and I don't necessarily blame the officials too much because I didn't look to me. I thought it was <laughs> incomplete pass. But uh, yeah, just a, a great uh, kind of a redemption for him because I've been I've been a, a little bit hard on Tedrick Thompson so far this year. We're talking the NFL as the Seattle Seahawks are ready to take on the Cleveland Browns. Brandon, first off, let me just get your take on that. The Browns right now, everyone's talking about Baker Mayfield and there's a lot of hot takes going on that Baker Mayfield's overrated and all these things here, but Cleveland's shown they're a Jekyll and Hyde team here. So what do you think about the Browns and Baker Mayfield? And I will take the Baker Mayfield is overrated conversation any day over this whole discussion about did he or did he not shake hands with Richard Sherman? And, you know, <laughs> is Richard Sherman a liar? And oh, my God, you apologize. Yeah, he well, he he should. And that's fine. And I can also understand that he didn't remember how things went because, yeah, they came out and shook hands and he was probably expecting to shake hands after the coin toss, too. And Baker ran off. And so that was the last thing that was in his mind. And he forgot about the whole sh- shaking hands thing to start with. So I, I'm not even I just don't understand why it's that big of a deal. Well, I understand because he made it such a big deal and everybody ran with it to, to be like, oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield stinks. He's a, such a poor sport, you know, without even very verifying the you know what actually happened but um yeah i i think baker is he's having a tough time because his offensive line stinks and i kind of feel bad for him that you know he the browns had a pro bowl left tackle for so long and now they have greg williams and he's greg williams right Greg, Robin, Greg Robinson. Greg Robinson. Okay, I was Williams. about to say Greg Williams was that's the that's the defensive coach. coordinator. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> getting my Gregs messed up. Uh, but you know, they, now they have uh, uh, the other Greg at uh, left tackle, and he's not very good. So he's having a problem with protection, even though he has all these weapons and he has Nick Chubb. But I, I'm starting to see a pattern here. If you can stop Nick Chubb, which the Ravens couldn't do, I think you can stop this Browns offense. I think Freddie Kitchens is in over his head right now. I think uh, that staff is in over their head right now. They should have kept Greg Williams um, and, and just left Freddie Kitchens as OC because I think that's what really allowed him. But now as the head coach, he's got a lot more things going on. But I completely agree with you, which is also good news for the Seahawks because that pass <laughs> rush can gain a little confidence before Jaron Reed comes in. This should be, I think, a big game for Jadavion Clowney. I'm, I'm, he's really starting to look like the guy that we traded for. And he had you know six pressures against Jared Goff last week. He didn't quite get there. Uh, he had the strip of Todd Gurley that came in a really critical moment to help st- you know stop the the Rams from scoring. Uh, they only score the, the one more time, the one touchdown before the half. So that was you know really critical that it came down there inside the red zone strip and Todd Gurley. And I'm I'm excited to see him get after Baker Mayfield a little bit. I'm even more excited to see what he can do once the Seahawks have their full complement of pass rushers in a week. 
Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that thing entirely unfolds once they do get Jaron Reed back as well. Brandon Schultz joining me right now. Uh, Brandon, as you talked about early, Nick Chubb, you know, stop him. You stop the Browns offense. That defense is still pretty good. They still got Miles Garrett. Uh, they've been pretty good against the run before last week against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, what do you think about the matchup offensively for the Seahawks against this defense? Yeah, I well, the defense, Yeah, I, that's probably more of the Jekyll and Hyde when, my, when I think of the Browns now because you, they just haven't been consistent week to week in, in terms of, especially with the running game. How, how could they not stop San Francisco? I don't think of the San Francisco offensive line being a, a really dominant uh, group up front. So that's... That kind of has me excited as a Seahawks fan because I think that the the run blocking ability of the Seahawks offensive line against the 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 Browns defensive line will uh, that'll be a critical point in this game. And I think the Seahawks have the edge there. I'm a little bit worried, though, about this game, Anthony, just because and it's not for any, you know, matchup type reason. The Seahawks, when they go to face the Browns in Cleveland, historically, it hasn't been good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you look at it though too. The Browns have what have they done? They lose. They lose in in bad fashion. Followed up with a win. Yeah, lose in bad fashion. Followed up with a win. There's I'm, yes, there's a trend here, but it's it's even just this weird trend of you go back to 2011. It's it's still kind of the Pete Carroll era. Russell Wilson hasn't you know this will be Russell Wilson's first time playing in Cleveland, so that's kind of an interesting point in this game. But Seattle lost, and I think Charlie Whitehurst was a quarterback in that game. They lost six to three. And that was a, that was a year where the Cleveland was terrible in 2011. Mm-hmm. And you go back to 2007. It was a 33 to 30 overtime loss. You go back to uh, 2001. Seahawks just squeaked by the Browns nine to six. So it's all these close, tight games. This is going to be a tight game. I, I just I'm I'm prepared for it. I know it probably shouldn't be based on how the Seahawks have been performing. It probably should. They should take care of this team much like they did uh, the Cardinals. But this is going to be a close game. Are we going under seven, more than three? I would not pick the Seahawks to win by more than four. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. We're with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast as well as the Field Goals podcast. Coming up next year, we're going to make our NFL picks. Now we make our NFL picks. Brandon Schultz continues to lead the way. He leads now by a full seven games on me right now as he's got 50 wins on the season so far to just 28 losses. I didn't have a very good week. I actually was in the losing column. I went seven and eight last week mm. and I'm at like 43 and 37 right now or something like that. At what point, Anthony, are you going to take away Allen Iverson's nickname, the answer, and, and give that nickname to me? <laughs> When it comes to picks, uh, well, let's 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 get you keep this up for uh, you keep this up for a couple <laughs> more weeks here. You get to week eight and you're and you're still at this pace. And yeah, you'll be the answer for okay. sure. Uh, I might have to just start agreeing with you more to try and catch <laughs> up to you. Uh, let's start with Thursday night football. Giants Patriots. I think you'll agree with me on this one. I'm going to take the Patriots. What a shocker. Yes, we are. <laughs> We're both going to take the Patriots on this one. Panthers at Buccaneers. I'm a coin flip on this game. I know you're going to go Bucks, so I'm going to go Panthers. So far, that's worked for you. It worked for you last week. Uh, Washington without Jay Gruden. You know what? You you misread the name for Carolina. They should now be known as the Carolina McCaffreys. (laughs) (laughs) Take away the Panthers. And just the Carolina McCaffreys? Just the Carolina McCaffreys. All right. Fair enough. I wonder, will will, uh, Christian McCaffrey get owning stock in this? Maybe. Uh, Washington Redskins at the Miami Dolphins. 
Yes, uh, this is interesting. So, you know, a lot of times we have that argument over whether or not, you know, a, an NFL team could beat the best college team. This is the worst NFL team versus like the XFL all pro team. <laughs> and so I'm going to take the worst NFL team in the Redskins. Okay. All right. So we're going to differ. I'm going to take the Dolphins on this one <laughs> oh. just because I don't know who's playing quarterback for Washington. <laughs> it's going to it's going to be um, uh, Case Keenum. Oh, okay. Well, that just that tells you right there that Washington's going to lose. Uh, <laughs> Eagles at the Vikings. I am going to take the Eagles. Well, we're going to differ, differ once again. I'm going to take the Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins still has a little bit of an edge on his shoulder because everyone's still talking dirt about him. Uh, <laughs> Texans at Chiefs. This is interesting. I, it depends on how Mahomes does, but I, th- I think I'm going to take the Chiefs. All right. So I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. So far, I have taken all the home teams. I have not taken a single road team yet. So this will be interesting. Saints at Jaguars. Mm. I feel like this is going to change. (laughs) It's going to change here. I'm also going to take the Saints in this game. I'm going to take the Saints as well, but it's going to be close. I still believe in in Minshew mania. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Seahawks, Browns. We know that. Yep. Taking the Seahawks. I'll take the Seahawks as well. Bengals, Ravens. I think that's I'm going to take Baltimore. I'm going to take Baltimore as well. Uh, 49ers at Rams. This is kind of an interesting game. I I like the fact that at least one of these teams is going to take a loss or even a tie for both would be fine. But I'm going to go with the Rams on this one because they're the home team. And I but it wouldn't shock me if 49ers got a win here. I don't buy the 49ers right now. They who they play that's any good. They yeah, they haven't played anybody good. It's kind of what happened to Dallas, right? We might find out that they're a team like Dallas. They just beat up really badly on bad teams. Exactly. Um, let's also look at Falcons at Cardinals. Taking the Cardinals. Really? Yeah. Really? I you know, go back and look at where all the picks are that I've picked up games on you, and it's probably been where you've picked the Falcons and I've been and I've been taking the team against the Falcons. You have. You have <laughs> well like simply I think four games right there alone. Yeah. And I think I'm gonna take the Falcons here. <laughs> I, I shouldn't. I really, really shouldn't, but there's just I, I I if the Falcons lose against the Cardinals, yeah, Dan Quinn's job is in serious jeopardy. Oh yeah, it is anyway, but he might not survive until the next week. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys at Jets. Cowboys. That one's easy. Uh, Titans at Broncos. Interesting. This is one. Let's see. I have to look at the. Okay. Majority of people are picking the Broncos to win. So I'm going to take the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> the Titans consistently lose games that where everybody's picking uh, them to win. And then they win the games. Everybody's picking them to lose. So I, I just have to go against the. The I common theme. Here. I'm going to agree with you here. I think the tight. I, I picked against the Titans, except the last week against when they played the Bills, but the Bills won. Uh, I'm going to take the Titans here as well. Uh, and I kind of agree with you. The Broncos. I don't know how they beat the Chargers last week. The Chargers are just really, really hurt right now. I got to imagine they're a weird team. Yeah, they really are. They're tough to predict. Uh, speaking of the Chargers, Steelers yeah. at Chargers Sunday Night Football. Steelers at Chargers on the Steelers home field. So I'm going to take the Steelers. Uh, there, there's going to be more Steelers fans oh, in the okay, audience, okay, so okay, it's okay, gonna gotcha. it's gonna be the Steelers home field advantage. And you're taking the Steelers. And I'm going to take the Steelers. All right. Well, I'm going to take the Chargers because I need to gain some gains on you. So I'm going <laughs> to go different here on you. Lions at Packers, and who would have thought this would be an interesting game? This is an interesting game, but I I am leaning heavily to the Packers on this one just because it is at Lambeau. It's on Monday night under the lights. If it were kind of just a regular kind of game, I might I might 
lean toward the Lions on this one, but they've been playing well. They played the Chiefs well. It, that they could bounce back. It wouldn't shock me if they got the win over Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to take the Lions here just because Ooh. they do like the Lions yeah, more than okay. like the Packers. And I think the Packers just beat up on a bad Dallas Cowboys team last week. The Lions defense is tough. There's no question whether or not they can get enough offense from Green Bay because I don't know if I buy yet completely in that Green Bay offense, but I am buying in the Detroit defense. All right. Well, I thought you said you were going to try and pick up ground on me this week, but I, I can see that this is going to be tough for you. You're making it hard on yourself, Anthony. Well, I was about to say, I'm going to, I got to pick up ground on you somewhere. And right now it looks like, you know, if Tampa Bay wins, I can pick up ground on you. Dolphins win, you know, Vikings too. I mean, there, there's some room where I can make it up and make up a lot of room here. I could also go a lot farther in the hole and maybe even too deep to come out of uh, before the end of the season. I appreciate you making me look good on your show. I, I, I will hey, give you that. That's I'll tell you what, you know, Brent, that's why I bring you on here, Brent. I got to challenge myself. You know, uh-huh. I got to challenge myself with good pickers and you are a very good game picker. Thank you. <laughs> Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast, as well as the Field Goals podcast. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episode of the podcast, how can they do that? Yeah, check us out on Field Goals. You can go to SBNation.com slash NFL podcast to subscribe there and tune in at SeahawkersPodcast.com. Brandon, always a pleasure to have you on the program. As always, my friend, have yourself a great rest of your week and we'll chat next week. 